With the third overall pick, the Portland Trailblazers take Scoot Henderson. And with the 14th overall pick, the Pelicans get arguably the best shooter in the draft with Jordan Hawkins. It's a live instant reaction episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, a live edition of Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Thursday night live, like right at 9 p.m. Central. I'm sorry I'm a couple minutes late. I had a couple of things I needed to do. There's a quick minute video up on the YouTube page with some of my thoughts on the Jordan Hawkins pick. And look, overall, it's positive. We had... Oh, a lot of pressure going into the night. So we'll recap the draft. We'll talk about Jordan Hawkins. I'll answer your questions. This is live. I see the chat over here too. So thank you all for joining me for a live show. Then I want to talk about a trade that didn't happen and some of my insight into what went on because look, there's going to be some spin on all of this and that's okay as well. So a couple of quick things here. Don't spam the chat. Please don't make me ban anyone in there. If you want to put your questions in there, let's try and wait till the third segment. Otherwise it'll get lost. I won't see it. And by the way, tell your friends to join the live show right here as we break down the 14th overall pick Jordan Hawkins to the New Orleans Pelicans. Also the LSU baseball game is in extra innings. Is that correct? If something happens, I'm not looking at Twitter. I'm not looking at my phone right now. Let me know in the comments if there is some dramatic news that I need to hear about. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So, Make sure you become an everydayer of Locked On Pelicans. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this. Breaking down everything you want to know about the team, insight into what's going on, and we got a lot. But let's let's not bury the lead here. The Pelicans take Jordan Hawkins, sophomore out of UConn, with the 14th overall pick. This isn't, in my opinion, a sexy draft pick. This is not a guy that has... Insane all-star level, MVP level upside. And you know what? That is absolutely okay in my opinion. There was Cam Whitmore sitting right there. There was Kobe Bufkin sitting right there. I think both those guys have a higher upside than Jordan Hawkins does. But the Pelicans don't need to draft for upside right now. They need to just get guys in that play good basketball and fit because they're already potentially a contender, especially with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram not being on the move. So when you look at this pick, the Pelicans are a better team right now than they were when, well, the Toronto Raptors were on the 13th overall pick. So this pick to me makes a ton of sense. And for a team that ranked second to last in three-point attempts last year, 23rd in three-pointers made, that number, both of those, is about to jump up significantly. In his sophomore season, Jordan Hawkins shot 40%, near 40% from three. 
So he's going to get minutes right away because you need more shooters around Zion, around Brandon Ingram, even around CJ McCollum. So this is a guy that'll come in and play right away. And what's great about him, and this is where fit really, really, really comes into play, is he's a movement shooter. So what's that mean? There's guys that can stand stationary on the perimeter that just chill there, wait for the ball to get to him, a kick out, let's say, in the short corner. Zion drives, kicks it out to Trey Murphy, who's just kind of popped right there on the three-point line, catches, shoots. Doesn't have to move, doesn't have to relocate. Jordan Hawkins does more than that. This is a guy that can come off of a uh, like a run. Imagine a cut from the the left side in the short corner, the left th- three-point corner, cuts baseline, gets a screen, and then kind of curls up to the top of the three-point line right as Zion is delivering, or Brandon Ingram, or CJ, a pinpoint pass right as he comes off that screen. You have to do a lot right there. This is not an easy move for a shooter. This is actually something that J.J. Redick was really, really, really good at. You have to catch the ball, and all of a sudden now, you're not facing the rim. You're catching the ball here, the rim's this way. You have to turn, square your shoulders with the rim. Is that actually an LSU home run, or are you all messing with me there in the chat? This is how invested I am in this. We also have another LSU connection here. Did LSU win? LSU won. That's, oh, a walk-off. What, it was the 10th inning? 11th inning? I'm in the middle of like doing a motion on a, on a three-point shot, and this is what we're getting here. That's how invested in it I am. All right, LSU won, unless you're all in, in cahoots on this sort of thing. Okay, very cool. Tigers win. They're in the College World Series championship games. That's awesome. I'm thrilled to hear that. Thank you all for keeping me up to date on everything here. It's going to be a fun night in Baton Rouge, that's for sure. So he catches the ball. He can square his shoulders with the rim, rise, elevate, shoot, and he makes it. The Pelicans want to add more off-ball movement to their team this year. That's partially why they're hiring James Borrego, former head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. This was someone who ran a motion-based offense in his time as head coach. They're bringing him in to basically kind of integrate all of that here. And now you have a guy that fits that perfectly. This is arguably the best fit of the first round. Other than like Wemby, who just kind of like fits in no matter what. So being a movement shooter for a team that needs more movement and is trying to put that in is great. But he does more than that. He's really good in transition. This is a guy that just kind of has an innate understanding and feel for the game of where to position himself. He knows where to be out there on the court. In transition, he gets to his spots. He can hit the Pujits, pull-up jumpers in transition. He can do that. He's going to be a great outlet guy. Defensively, he works well off-ball. He's not great as a primary on-ball defender, but he's not going to be playing 30-plus minutes per game for the Pelicans next season, and that's not going to be his role. So rather than going for pure upside, the Pelicans got a guy that slots in right away and makes this team better immediately. He's got good size at six foot four, so this is different than Devontae Graham, who did a lot of this where he was undersized. There's de- decent athleticism for him, too. He's a good free throw shooter. That's an important thing. And he's not a ball stopper. He can move the ball. He's not going to lead the team in assists. He's not a ball handler. You wouldn't call him that whatsoever. But you have a guy that just slots right into what this team is doing, and I love it. Again, you don't need to go for the home run as LSU just hit. 
see what, see what I did there? The, you know, every pick, every play, you can just do it when you need to. There's something to be said for just getting solid basketball players in for a team that has the core in place. And that is exactly what Jordan Hawkins does. Let me know what you think in the comments down below, in the comments over here, about what you think about the Jordan Hawkins pick. Did you want Cam Whitmore instead? Grady Dick was already off the board, doesn't count. Did you want a guy like Kobe Bufkin? Bufkin's a guy I could see being sixth man of the year. I'm never going to see that from Jordan Hawkins, probably. But that's okay. You don't necessarily need that. And if the Pelicans window is open for two more years with this core, and it is before maybe it closes, maximize it right now. And that's exactly what the Pels just did. It's a very good pick. This is not like an A-plus pick because of the lack of pure upside that Jordan Hawkins has. This is like a solid B plus A minus though, because he's going to fill his role well. He fills a need that the Pelicans have. I like that. And with Derek Lively off the board, you know, I see Tedrick Covington says, I wanted a backup center. Honestly, there wasn't one available. The only other guy they really could have taken that might have filled that role was Noah Clowney out of Utah, not Utah, Alabama. I don't know why I said Utah. And I think this was a little too early to pick Clowney. And so with Derek Lively off the board, the Pelicans probably changed what they need. They needed shooting. They got a really good shooter and a shooter that fits into what they're trying to do offensively. And I think that is also something that is really, really important. So we'll talk about the center spot. We'll look a little bit more about what the rest of the offseason is going to look like. I want to do that in the third segment. Coming up next... No trade for Scoot Henderson. I just opened the show with that, right? Third overall was not the Pelicans picking. It was the Trailblazers, and they took Scoot Henderson. So what went on? I heard what Woj said. I heard what Woj said, and I'm skeptical, and I will explain why coming up next. I'm going to give you a piece of information that I don't think has been out there anywhere else. That's coming up here next in a live Thursday night episode of Locked on Pelicans, which counts as the... Friday show. I see a couple of y'all, by the way, asking questions in the chat. Save them. Save them for the third segment. I'll tell you when we're opening it up for questions. People are commenting they're going to get buried, so I won't see them right now. I won't remember them in like 10 minutes. Save your questions. I'll try and answer as many as we can, and we can maybe go long in the third segment to answer everything you want to hear. So coming up next, though, let's talk about a trade that didn't go down. What happened there? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bird Dogs. It's as simple as this. Bird Dogs make you look good. And the Bird Dogs stretch khaki short. It's designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Maybe you don't even need to work out. You just throw these on and you look good. I'm actually wearing a pair now. The, the ad copy is like, stand up, show it off. I'm not going to do that. You don't need to see that. But Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And they fit better than regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And they've done this by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They also look good going to a bar for happy hour. I've worn these to the driving range to hit some balls as well. They're just kind of like an all-around short. If they get wet, they dry really quickly. 
And if you want to try a pair, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. You're also going to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. If you're listening on Friday, if you're here watching live, we've got almost 300 of you and I'm looking now. Last year, we had about 2,000 different people tune in over the course of the live show. I bet we'll get it close to that number again, which is just wild to think about. So thank you for supporting Locked On Pelicans. Thank you for being a passionate Pelicans fan. It's been an interesting two weeks, but I love seeing the passion from everybody, whether you wanted to trade for Scoot Henderson and move on from Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram, or if you wanted them to keep those guys, everyone wanted the Pelicans to do what they thought is best for the Pelicans, and that's a kind of passion, and I love it. So thank you all for being part of this and making Locked on Pelicans part of your day. If you want to support the channel, subscribe on YouTube, comment on YouTube, and listen Monday through Friday. We get a lot in here. And I'm going to drop one or two things here in this segment. Maybe it'll get me in some trouble, but we'll see. So no trade for Scoot Henderson. Seems like much ado about nothing, right? But I don't think that was actually the case. It was reported by Shams, I believe. It was something that I found really interesting. And he said, The Pelicans received a meeting in recent days with Scoot Henderson. New Orleans has pursued a top 2-3 pick in the draft, but both Charlotte and Portland are so far expressing no interest in moving the pick. And I said this means two things. One, Scoot Henderson would not meet with the Pelicans unless he really thought and they kind of assured him that they could trade up to get him. They wouldn't do that at all. And the reason why is these guys don't, you know, if you're a top two pick, top three pick, you don't work out for anyone other than the top three teams. It only hurts your draft status potentially if something goes wrong there's just no reason to do that if you're a top 10 pick you don't work out for the 14th team either especially if you've gotten a promise from a team to draft you so Scoot Henderson being like yeah, I'll meet with the Pelicans really says something about their intent to move up Woj said they tried to package the 14th pick and other picks to go move up that was never going to happen Anyone who's ever tweeting at me saying, could they package Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, and the 14th pick to move up? No. You are going to have to include Zion or Brandon Ingram to move up. And so you're going to get a lot of spin and fallout from a no trade. And it's going to be a lot of spin. And you need to do this. So I get it. But I do think that doesn't tell you how deep, and that's a relative term, negotiations potentially were. So if they met with Scoot Henderson, look, it means that Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson were at least talked about in a trade, one of the two. And with the Portland Trailblazers, it was going to be Zion. That was the guy they wanted over Brandon Ingram. So they at least had conversations. You're going to hear people say he was never officially offered, right? And I'm putting that in, in air quotes here because I think this is all semantics, right? If it's a non-starter that additional picks were going to get you to move up, it means you had conversations around Zion and BI, even if there was no like official offer made. Maybe the Pelicans didn't go, hey, we'll give you Zion, this and this for the number three pick and Anthony Simons, which is what it would have needed to have been with the Portland Trailblazers, right? Maybe they didn't get that part. Maybe it was simply, you interested in Zion? And they go, yes, no. 
And I think for the most part, they didn't have that much interest with Zion. And I talked about this in yesterday's show because they are the Portland Trailblazers were simply worried about the off court stuff, the lack of drive, the lack of work ethic. You know, maybe the recent drama there, though, I don't think that should really factor in. I think it's just they looked at this and they saw him as a big risk. So while you might view Zion Williamson as more valuable than Scoot Henderson, I don't think the Trailblazers felt that way. And I'd be willing to bet they countered the Pelicans with you got to give us Zion, Herb Jones, and maybe another first round pick or more. And like negotiations just fell apart. So while maybe there was no official offer out there, there were definitely some discussions about it in some way. So that is where I think things were and what I think maybe kind of stopped negotiations and talks. And I heard things really cooled off on Wednesday that they were talking Tuesday, Wednesday, it really cooled off. And I don't know if they really managed to get them restarted. I don't think, and I have good reason to believe this, that the, that the Portland trailblazers were worried about Zion's medicals or like long-term health. I think they saw some of that got some good intel or insight on that in some capacity and it was everything else. And I wonder if Zion William or not Zion Williamson, Damian Lillard didn't really want to sign off on Zion Williamson. Does Damian Lillard look at this and go, that guy's not going to work as hard as I need him to work for me to try and win a title here in Portland. And it's too much of a risk. So just draft Scoot Henderson and we can figure this out later, or I'm going to request that you trade me. So here's what you're going to, what you're going to hear is, we never had, we never discussed those guys. There was, you'll hear something like there was never an official offer on the table, you know, with Zion Williamson. He was never offered to any other team. He was never offered. They never offered Brandon Ingram. It doesn't mean that you didn't have discussions about those guys with that other team. And this is all kind of a semantics thing because look, you were never going to move up with a 14th pick with Herb Jones and future Bucks picks and. Laker, one Lakers pick is what they have left. You're never going to move up with that. So if discussions continued, it meant that other names were brought up. Simple as that. Doesn't mean that, you know, discussions were close, things like that. But information was definitely shared. And that is kind of, I think, where things were. And there was just a different valuation on Zion Williamson and when they were unable to get a deal done. You've got to spin it differently, right? You don't want Zion thinking like you actively tried to trade him. And Zion has been doing the right thing of being in the team facility all offseason. They're still looking to be in the Zion Williamson business, as Christian Clark reported for NOLA.com. They're restructuring the player performance and care team. That says, you know, we're catering to you, Zion, though I've heard from others and around the league that maybe uh, Aaron Nelson's methods are a little bit dated. But it also means the Pelicans feel comfortable in this group. If they wanted Scoot Henderson, they could have gotten Scoot Henderson. You could have put Zion in there. You could have put two other first-round picks in there. Zion, two first-round picks, was probably enough to go and get Scoot Henderson. Pels didn't want to do that. That does say something, even if talks and negotiations were had. So you'll hear some spin on this to really make it seem like they didn't do all of these things. I don't know if that's completely true, and we know that these front offices definitely spin things. Heck, you just heard Mike Dunleavy Jr., new GM of the Golden State Warriors, say that they weren't going to trade Jordan Poole. They wanted to have him here for four more years. He didn't last four days there. So let's move on from the trade because 
nothing's happening. Doesn't seem like anything's going to happen. We're going to have Zion Williamson back, Brandon Ingram back. They need to play. It's really as simple as that. They're bringing in Jordan Hawkins, who, by the way, awesome LSU connections, cousin of Angel Reese. You have to imagine she's going to be courtside at a couple of Pelicans games next year, seeing her family, which is just going to be awesome. She's going to get a huge ovation there, and I can't wait for that moment in the Smoothie King Center. So let's answer your questions. Oh, y'all, y'all, I can't even speak. It's been a long day. It's your time to shine here. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to events doesn't need to be stressful. It's last minute. You want to go? Don't worry. Game Time has you covered. You don't need to spend time hunting down the best price or competing with other buyers for popular events. Browse through the Game Time app, and you're going to see the best prices you could possibly find. And you don't need to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up until the day of the event. And you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You're bored on a Friday night? Open up the Game Time app, see what you can get a deal on, and all of a sudden, it's an awesome weekend. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And it's super simple. And the best part of this is you're not competing against other people. Game time, or not game time, sorry, Prize Picks, you pick two to six players and you're going to see the player's projection. You pick more than that or less than their projection and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. It's just you versus the projections. You're not playing against professional gamblers and people who do this for a living. So this is a way for you to flex your sports knowledge and make a little bit of money and have fun doing so. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com, sign up, and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's free money. If you deposit 100, PrizePix will give you 100. If you deposit 50, PrizePix will give you 50. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. You want to support the channel? Become an everydayer. Share the podcast around with your friends. Get them clued into what's going on with the team. We're here Monday through Friday. Other people don't do that. It's going to hit a slow part of the season. We're still going to be here answering all the questions you want. Support the channel by becoming an everydayer. And shout out to you. Let me know in the comments down below. I'm here. I'm live with y'all. We're going to look at your questions. I'm going to talk with y'all. I can finally interact and not just go here who's an everyday let me know in the chat and comment down below daily on youtube that's the easiest thing you can do to support the channel so let's get to your questions do you have questions about jordan hawkins do you have questions about the future of the team what they want to do in free agency here now let's start off with the one i see right here which i think is the top question that's kind of next for the pelicans and that comes from matt harrison do you think we trade jv or just keep him for another year I think they're going to look to trade him. I think they're going to look to trade him. I don't think that given that they're kind of coming up in a bit of a salary cap crunch, you need to pay Jonas Valanciunas $15 million. Right now, they're about 
eight and a half million dollars or so away from the luxury tax that gives you room to do basically one thing in free agency and have no other flexibility. But if you can kind of dump Jonas Valanciunas, maybe sign a center for five million, all of a sudden that eight million you have becomes a little bit more. And that can be big when you're looking to make trades, especially at the trade deadline when you need to have a little bit of flexibility and you don't want to be spending four second round picks to dump a bad contract like you did with Devontae Graham. So I think they'll explore moving him. I don't know if they'll actually find a deal that makes sense, but I think you'd like to move him given he's an expiring deal right now and you don't want to just let him walk for free. Something I've been saying a lot and I truly believe is that free agency doesn't really exist in the NBA anymore, especially for big name players. So letting guys just kind of walk doesn't work. There's seven teams in the NBA with cap space. That's it. Seven out of 30. So you try and move guys with one year left so that you can get something in return and not let them walk for free because you're already going to be over the cap. So if it's expiring, it doesn't do you much good. So I think they're going to try and go that direction. Following up on this question is DC who says, who are the best uh, fit rim protector free agents the Pelicans may realistically go for? You're looking at two things here. And let's assume that JV is gone and they haven't brought in another center. You need a starting center. It shouldn't be Larry Nance Jr. You can close with Larry Nance Jr., but you need another starting center. And I've been, you know, saying, can you get a guy like Mason Plumlee for five million on like a two-year deal, five million a season, ten year, uh, ten million total? You play him ten minutes to start the game, ten minutes in the third quarter. Let JV take or uh, let Nance take the rest of those minutes. Cool. You know, Nerlens Noel is going to be out there, but there's not a ton of like excellent rim protectors. That's why we'd heard a lot about Derek Lively because he is one in the draft. So I don't know if there really is one there. And that's something that I could see being a problem still for the Pelicans this season. Eugene says, can't skip the ads. No, I gotta get paid somehow, right? I love y'all. I would do, I, I used to work for free. I don't work for free anymore. So yeah, the ads are always going to be in here um gary howard says a long time listener first time watcher i guess you would say well i appreciate you being here michael aber asks, can ej liddell be a rim protector i mean maybe you know he's he's undersized as tedrick covington says he's more of a small ball full he's six 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 seven you know he can give you good defense but i wouldn't call him a rim protector and i think that's something that the pelicans are still going to be actively looking for you know nerlens noel has been hurt he's older how good is he going to be on that sort of thing. You know, I see a number of y'all that says Brooke Lopez. I don't know if they're going to have the money for Brooke Lopez. They have under eight and a half million dollars to spend. I don't think eight and a half million a year is enough for Brooke Lopez. That's not even the full mid-level exception. That's kind of the problem here. They just don't have a lot of money to go out and do make a splash in free agency. Brooke Lopez is the ideal on almost every single team in the league. Almost every single team in the league. There should be a bidding war for his services, and the Pelicans just don't have the cap space. That's, I believe, partially why they were looking to move one of Zion or Brandon Ingram for Scoot Henderson, because all of a sudden, potentially, you're clearing up a ton of money that gives you much more flexibility. Slumdog asks, what's next for Jackson Hayes? Probably leaving the team. They, I, I would be stunned if they give him a qualifying offer, which I think is like seven point something million. Maybe it's higher than that. If they do that, they have no money to spend. It's a cap hold on the books. 
if he takes that on a one-year deal, making almost $8 million, I forget what it is, that's a problem. They don't have any flexibility at all. So I think you would renounce a guy like Jackson Hayes and kind of go forward. The wave Garrett Temple, you would imagine, or include him in a trade. And that's that. Uh, Derek Amaya says, Jakob Pertle. No, I don't think that they'll go after Pertle. I, I think he's going to end up re-signing with Toronto. I think they're going to run it back, and that's going to be that. So I don't I don't think Pertle's going anywhere. I think Toronto's going to spend the money on him. They traded a first-round pick for him. So, yeah, that's what that's going to be. I don't think the Pelicans are going to be big players in free agency. They just don't have the money to spend. They're worried about, you know, the future salary cap. That's why they dumped Devontae Graham. As I was saying, they might do. At the trade deadline, right? I was the one talking about they've, they're not in a good position with the cap. I was talking about this six months ago. What ended up happening? And I think that's something that they're really keeping in mind. Look, we, we don't know if this team's ever going to pay the luxury tax. I like to think they would. We all like to think that they would, but they never have. They're one of two franchises that has never paid the luxury tax before. It's a problem. Michael Cax says, Nas Reed, like, it depends on what you think he's going to get. It depends on what you think Nas Reed is going to get. If he gets more than $8.5 million, okay, Pelicans can't afford him. You know, that's that's the problem they find themselves in. When you're paying three players $30-plus million, Zion's extension kicks in this year, you just don't have a whole lot of flexibility or money to spend in free agency. Nas Reed would look great on the Houston Rockets, right? Energy big for them. They have... $80 million to spend? $65 million? They have over $60 million to spend in free agency. They can outbid you on anybody. And I think that's kind of the problem. So everyone in here saying, let's run it back. They have to run it back because there's not a ton of other directions to really go for. I, I do like, is it Bruce with a J there? Someone like uh, Kongwu, a possibility, maybe. But I think Atlanta would want to move off of John Collins first. And can the Pelicans make the money work with John Collins? Like, yes and no. I don't think, as some people are saying, Carlo Makovic is ready to come from overseas yet. And that's a problem. Um, Dan, the Pelicans fan, says, Jake, what about Bam? Heat Twitter seemingly thinks he's a, he's a terrorist and could be a, a three-team deal where the Heat get Dame and JV. I mean, maybe, but... I don't think you're trying to move Bam. He is good. You know, he just really helped them get to the NBA Finals. I don't think they're actively looking to move him. I think you want to pair Dame with Bam and Jimmy Butler, and there's other guys they could trade to get Damian Lillard and not have to move Bam out of bio. That'd be ideal. But also, Bam has moments where he just doesn't really show up, too. So I think rim protection is just going to be an issue, as um, Aaron Benandi says. So I think that's something they're just going to have to struggle with. The good news is the defense was still good. If they can shore up defensive rebounding in the fourth quarter, I think they'll be okay. And I think you need less the less rim protection, just more rebounding would be good for the team. And I think that's the most important thing. Get the rebounding there. What about what about Detroit's 30 centers in a deal? I mean, maybe. I don't know if McGee or Howard would get it. Howard, Howard's done in the NBA. Dwight Howard's not playing in the NBA again, nor should he be playing in the NBA again. We already talked about EJ Liddell. You need someone to guard Wemby. Look, no one can guard Wemby. No one's going to be able to guard Wemby. I loved Trey Murphy on the broadcast saying he can't wait to try and dunk over him. You know, 
Billy Hernan Gomez, it's a it's a team option on him or player option. It's an option. You know, they could bring him back. He's he's fine in backup minutes. He thinks he needs to have a bigger role. I don't think he's going to have it with the team. They might try and do right by him and move on from him. Um, but yeah, I think that's fine. I think they're going to try and run most of it back. I think they're just going to kind of roll in with the same team, maybe a few tweaks here and there. Maybe JV is out. But look, they were first in the West in December. You don't get there by a fluke. And you don't win an NBA title in December. That's absolutely true. But and it, it, it's the big question, right? here. Let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you this, and I want to see if anyone says what my answer is in the comments. What's the number one thing the Pelicans need this coming season? Let me know in the comments. I think this it lags behind. So if I go quiet for a second, it's I'm waiting to see what y'all say. What do you think is the number one thing the Pelicans need this season? I'll shout out the first person that gets my answer to this. Yeah, okay. That was like immediate. Gutter guy 720. Health. It's health. Yeah, y'all get it. I see a couple health coming in here, right? Like it's health 100%. We're all on the same page. It's health. Do they need anything else? Like, sure. Get some other, <laughs> it's making me laugh now. Everyone's just literally saying health, health, health. Okay, someone said shooting, someone said floor general, those are fair. But it's basically health, right? It's health. You, you need Zion Williamson to play 65 games, 82 games. Same for Brandon Ingram. It's health. It's the number one thing. You don't need to add something in free agency. You didn't need to add a ton in the draft. Look, I think Jordan Hawkins is good. They're doing what they can to address the offense, but it's health. It's simply, they need to be a healthy team. Health and shooting. Okay. They, a life coach, uh, but it's health. It, that's it. It's really as simple as that. If they're healthy, this team is good. If they're healthy, this team is good and you don't need to worry about much else. They'll be a top four team. If Zion and BI play 60 games together, I firmly believe in that you know but that's a big if isn't it it's on the player performance and care team to really get it right with these players it's going to be on the front office and the player performance and care team too to really make a connection with some of these guys and zion seems a little bit more bought in this offseason than he has in the past and i like seeing that so you hope it'll work they've made the changes with the coaching staff which they needed to do so there's going to be an improvement there. But it really is. They need their best players to play. It's as simple as that. You know, they don't need to go crazy in free agency. They can't go crazy in free agency. They don't need to go crazy in trades. They'll be a good team. They did well against the Denver Nuggets this year, didn't they? They did well against, for the most part, against the Sacramento Kings when the Pelicans were healthy. This is a team that's good. The West is also going to be... Uh, a gauntlet certainly teams are loading up there but the pelicans did well against the suns this is a team that's a talented roster any possibility in trading cj to free up cap space no not now they'll do that in two years i think i don't think they're going to do anything big right now cj staying they like him he was injured last season i think they're hopeful that he will come back next year and be healthier not have the uh, thumb injury that he had. I've seen a couple of y'all, and this will be a show or two um, later in the offseason of should Trey start or should Herb Jones start? 
I think that's a valid thing. Let me know who do you start. You know, if you have CJ, BI, Zion, and a center, who's the fifth starter there? Is Nick Smith Jr. still available? I haven't seen the draft with some of that. I'll also say on our mock draft, that was like a month ago before I'd done a ton of draft prep prep then and they wanted locked on wanted to just get that out of the way and so I didn't love that pick later on as much as I would have taken other people but I do think Nick I mean there's questions about his shooting and I think that's kind of the big thing um and I got to catch up on the draft after all of this so let me know who do you think is it going to be Trey who should be a starter is it Herb Jones that should be a starter I don't think CJ is going to come off of the bench I see some people saying both to Trey and Herb. Okay, so it'll probably be a mixed bag. I think they'll probably still run with Herb Jones. Are there any surprises in the draft that I've missed? Has there been another trade in the draft that I haven't seen yet? You know, CJ was hurt. I think they're going to move him more off ball. You know, when Zion's healthy, when B.I.'s healthy, he doesn't need to handle the ball as much. And we've seen he's not like floor general CJ. He, he needs to work off ball like he did with Damian Lillard, who I saw someone ask this. No chance of trading for Dame here. Also, the Dame and CJ backcourt didn't work in Portland. It's probably not going to work here either. So I don't think you're going to see a massive, massive move. Like the biggest type of move, and I'm not saying this is happening. This is not a prediction or anything like that. I think the biggest type of thing you would see is maybe Miles Turner coming in for Jonas Valanciunas. That would be, I think, good. I'm not the biggest Turner fan. I think I made that pretty clear on the show, but I don't think that's a bad move. Games ask, will Hawkins actually get playing time? Yeah, with the shooting ability he has, if he's knocking down 40% of his movement threes, threes in general, he'll get minutes. Maybe not right off the bat, but he'll get minutes. You you almost have to. They've said they need more three-point attempts. They need more three-point shooting. You just drafted the best movement shooter in the draft. You're going to play him. Really kind of as simple as that. You've seen it. And Steven says, we just need a healthy season. Yeah, like uh, that could be the entire offseason. I'm not going to do that because that's not fun to talk about, but it just comes down to health. Like this is very simple. Got to be healthy. If you're not healthy, it doesn't matter what else they do. If Zion's not playing that many games, only 29, it doesn't matter. It's going to, you know, you can trade for Miles Turner, right? Yeah, the Lakers maybe want him. The, you trade for Miles Turner. It won't matter if Zion's not playing. And I think that's the problem. I am not a Towns fan. I am not a Carl Anthony Towns fan. No whole star records. I like Towns at the five. I don't like Towns. His comment the other day, oh, of like, oh, I've, I'm going to, when I retire, they're going to say I changed the game. They, they changed the game by not playing as the Timberwolves in NBA 2K. Larry Markkinen, I don't think he's going anywhere from the Utah Jazz. I think they like building around him a young all-star with a ton of other picks and a ton of other youth. I think they're they're looking like the next OKC, built around Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and instead of Shea, it's Larry Markkinen. Do they need a true point guard? Keith Cunningham asked, do we need a true point guard? Handles hurt us at the end. Handles hurt us at the end because, one, there was a lack of shooting, so a lack of space, and you're missing one of your prime ball handlers in Zion, in Zion Williamson. Remember Point Zion? Guy was getting close to like seven, eight assists per game. They need that. You don't have that. It doesn't work. This is a team built around a lot of like 0.5 to 0.75. So half to three quarter ball handlers without, you know, one pure ball handler out there. And that adds up to being enough. 
Dan, the Pelicans fans asked, could we ask, uh, could we start Jake at the five? I'm like six one six two, so no, I'm not a five. I would be a small backcourt player. Silver subs, how would Beck set it best with you? You could just say, we need health for the whole offseason and be done. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because that's not fun. There's more to talk about. But yeah, that whole, that whole show with Howard Beck, who's awesome, who's like exclusively a little bit part of the Lockdown Podcast Network right now, your team every day. He and I just could have been health, 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 health. And that could have been the whole show and would have been so relevant and valid. Ollie Parton says, are we done with this draft? I went live because they don't have a pick in the second round of this draft. So unless I've seen, unless they made a trade that I'm not aware of and because I'm recording live, I don't have the draft playing. I'm not paying attention on my phone right now because I'm hanging out with all y'all that I don't know. Uh, they're probably done. They don't really have roster spots for it. I think they want to use the, they have basically one open roster spot and I think they want to use that on somebody, I would imagine, in free agency. Um, I noticed, uh, Rob McCoy says, I noticed the trade, the trade trade young noise died down before the season ended. Like he's not, he's just not the right fit for this team. Like he's just not the right fit for this team at all. And that's just kind of that like makes sense. But yeah, Cliff Duger says Cairo was underused. I mean, maybe I didn't like going to him in the playing tournament game when he hadn't played in a month, I agree they haven't developed him like maybe they should have tried to, but that injury kind of derailed all of that. And that's, you know, something that happens and it might just kind of spell the end of his time in new Orleans a little bit earlier. Jim Clemmer asks who will play in summer league. We don't know yet. Jordan Hawkins definitely will. A couple of other guys might, uh, Rod Grandy asks Jeremy Grant, not if he wants $30 million like he was uh, supposedly rumored out there. I don't think he, he makes, they, again, they have about $8.5 million to spend in free agency. It's not going to be enough for any name that y'all throw out there unless you're really kind of scraping towards the bottom of the barrel in free agency. And that's just how it's going to be. Like, as of now, without a trade, the roster you're seeing is basically the roster that you're going to end up seeing. Um, Logan lives life seven. Do you think Dyson will develop more this season? Yeah, I think he's going to have a longer leash. I think, you know, if he can work on his three point shot a little bit, be a little bit more decisive in the half court offensively, you know, they view him as a core piece going forward. They really keyed in on him. What eighth overall, seventh overall, I'm forgetting right now, last season. That's a guy they really want to keep going forward with. So I think he's going to be in the rotation. You would expect that his, Three-point shooting is what they're going to work on. Maybe, you know, driving, kicking, driving, attacking, a little bit more aggressiveness to his game. The Blazers are having a good draft. I haven't seen who else they um, are drafting. Uh, could 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 off the bench CJ work? Like, yeah, maybe, but I don't think that's a good use of his talents. He's a good three-point shooter. You want him spacing the court for Zion Williamson. Kind of, kind of as simple as that. You need shooters out there, right? Jackson should be working on rebounding and um, it's covered up what the other word is here. Jackson isn't going to be on the team next year, so he can work on whatever he wants and paint D or get him out of here. He can go do whatever he wants. Jonathan Isaac, you know, it's injury concerns, right? I'm him, Jonathan Isaac. Are you Jonathan Isaac? I, there's just injury concerns there that I don't really love their given everything uh jeremy araby says do you see hawkins as cj replacement in a couple years that's a very good question maybe 
maybe depending on how they use CJ this year. And that's something that I've talked about a lot on the show. You know, we had that report earlier that was like, they can only keep this core for like two more years before they move. And honestly, the number one player to be moved at this point now that we're past the draft and Scoot's not here in New Orleans is CJ McCollum. So yeah, you need replacements for that. And that's mainly three point shooting. And that's Jordan Hawkins, the guy they drafted there. You don't need a high usage guy necessarily. Silverwolf says rim defense are big area to improve. Like maybe I think instead of rim protection, and I said this earlier in the show, and we're going to start to wrap up. So get your questions in quickly that I think it's more defensive rebounding in clutch situations, something they were bad at as opposed to rim protection. But that's also a sense of rim protection because if you're giving up offensive boards and putbacks, you're not protecting the rim. Yes, EJ Liddell could have a role. He's on a, this will be the second year of his two way, signed a two year, two way deal. So we'll see what he ends up with. But he's coming back from a pretty serious injury. I would hope we'll see him in summer league. We'll see what ends up happening there. But I don't think you want to like put him into the rotation just yet. And they probably at least want to bring him along slowly. Garrett Anthony says Zion is going to have fun with Jordan Hawkins. Jordan Hawkins is going to have fun with Zion with all of the open threes that he is going to get. Um, Thomas Atkinson, do you think Najee Marshall will be better this season? I don't think he was bad last year. You know, he's a ceiling as a player. I think if anything, you'd like to maybe trade him and get something for him because he's not a long-term piece, but that works. Uh, Dolores Spikes, you Joe Ingles? Joe Ingles doesn't have a beard like mine. Joe Ingles got a way worse hairline than mine. Joe Ingles is also a much better basketball player than I am. I'm pretty bad. So we'll get more on the Summer League squad in the coming weeks. We'll see what they do in terms of undrafted free agents. I don't even know where we are in the draft right now. I'm assuming it's towards the end of the first round right now. So it's been fun. Let's wrap it up here. We've gone over 45 minutes. Jordan Hawkins, great fit for the Pelicans. No trade. We'll talk more about free agency next week. Probably the spin you're going to hear from the Pelicans too. As I said, I do think they got some good intel on Zion's medicals, which says something here. So we'll see what the rest of the offseason looks like. Thank you all so much for joining me. This will be the Friday show if you're here live with me on Thursday night. I'm excited to be back with y'all on Monday. It's going to be a busy time. It's a lot of fun. Become an everyday support the channel. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all on Monday. Unless something crazy happens over the weekend and we'll have an emergency podcast. But otherwise than that, I'll see y'all on Monday.